Ladies and gentlemen, every other Tuesday on the Journey into Comics Network, it's poor news with the late-breaking news when it matters most. The following, the following, the following the journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 205. I am your host, Nate. As always, hope everybody's having a fantastic start to their day whenever you're listening to this. So we're going to just jump right into it. I've had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, This weekend was kind of a huge weekend for me. Uh, We got to have our first show back as a band. And, uh, of course, I don't don't know if I've actually discussed this at all on the podcast or not. But uh, we went our separate ways with our bass player. I guess there's really no other way to say that. And uh, so now it's just the three of us, Veronica, Sarah, and myself, going to shows, doing this thing. It's just the three of us being the band now, so it's kind of a different vibe. We've played some shows together like this, this three-piece setup. So uh, so there's like this like whole, like, there's a lot of build to all of this. So while I have been preparing the band for that show, Sarah has also had some stuff going on. She's working tirelessly for the Northwest Indiana Symphony and trying to get some shit together there. So, you know, we've all been kind of just doing our thing and, and 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 getting ready for this thing. So Saturday snuck up on us really fast, and here it is. We're there. It's Saturday. And it was like, okay, well, I've got to build the set list. We've got to then tear down, load up the truck, and then there's a, a thing that had to happen that we're going to get to in a minute, and then we have a show. So it's like the the build of my Saturday, I guess, is where we're going to start this episode. So this is episode 205, and you are getting a behind-the-scenes look at Walk Among Us from the inside, I guess, is the way to say that. So we, uh, we are get, we're getting all geared up and set, and I realize, I'm like, something's off. Oh, fuck. The truck has been leaking water in the bed of the truck that we take for shows. So we've dad and I had to take the the carpet of the truck out because it was like really nicely carpeted, very very fancily done, and uh, it was done that way before we even bought the truck. So it was like a bonus perk because it's like oh shit that great for traveling with equipment. Fuck yes, like and that was when we were in Draxus before Walk Among Us was even a thing. So it just it it all works out right. So we. Uh, I'm like, fuck, we don't have the carpet. What am I going to do? So we come to the resolution. We're going to put some blankets down and then just kind of do it that way. Because the fucking truck bed is really hard and it hurts your knees to climb in and out and be moving the equipment in there and shit. It's just like obnoxious. So locked and loaded. The girls are ready to go. We get the truck loaded up. We drive down to Lowell. Because before we can even go to our show, Veronica and myself have been tasked with going to this Stars and Stripes division of the Navy SEAL cadets in Lowell and being a part of this Facebook Live auction. And we were going to be like 
special guest presenters, you know. But we didn't really know what we were getting into. And I think that was kind of the the start of the of the very interesting turn that was our Saturday. Like our Saturday is so fucking like out of a movie, I guess. Because it's like, okay, so we load the truck up and that's a very mundane thing. We do it every time. But then we we had we drop Sarah off over at V's house so she can like kinda get ready and get herself mentally prepared for the show. And Veronica and I drive to the American Legion in this in Lowell. And we uh you know, we go in and as soon as we get there they're like, Hey, go. We're we're on. It's time to rock and roll. You're gonna get in line. This thing's happening. So we get in this line and we're standing with people we don't know. Never met these people, never seen these people before in our lives except for Renee who had invited us there. And it's like, okay, well, you guys are going to be auctioning off some wine. So we have 30, either, I'm, I'm, I'm item 36, V is 37. So we have 35 people before us, before we're going to be doing anything. And it's kids. And it's kids that are, have never done anything like being performing in front of a camera or talking to people, podcasting and stuff like that. The, the red light goes on and the nerves come up, right? So... We're watching, and these some of these kids are pretty good behind the camera, and they're just, like, doing their thing and trying to be very professional and learning. And there's other kids that are just like, man, there's this one little ginger kid. And he was, like, kind of like Psycho Sid, uh, if you know that guy from professional wrestling, Sid Vicious. Um, because he kept, like, he, he would he would say, and this is the pie. Um, can we start over? This is the pie from, it's a Facebook Live video, so no, you can't start over. You're live, man. You're going. You know, and he's like trying, he fumbled through it and it was, it was kind of adorable and dorky and like, man, I feel for that kid. You know, maybe hopefully one day he'll get behind a camera and have confidence and and it'll be great for him. Uh, So we do this thing and we finally, it's our turn and we get up on there and it was very weird because we're in a room again. We didn't speak to no one and no one introduced them fucking selves. No one said, Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? What's up? I'm so-and-so. This is why I'm here. Blah, 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 blah. All these kids locked in. All the adults that were there locked into what they were doing. And we were just kind of walking ghosts. Like we were a part of a play. But we didn't rehearse with the cast. We just showed up for for our part in the play. And just like, okay, and then we're gone. Okay, and then we're done. You were done. So we get up there. And I had reviewed and like read this whole thing on the wine that I was holding because it's 20 fucking 18. I'm going to use technology to my advantage, of course. So I like pull up my phone and I'm like reading all about it and shit. And I like get the important shit down and I'm like, all right, cool. So I, we go up there and I'm like, and this is item number 36. It's a Monarch uh, wine from Lodi, California. It's got lovely blackberry, cherry, and raspberry notes with a dark robe that will just hit your nose with these fresh aromas. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I guess it sold for like 35 bucks. $28 bottle of wine. So, okay, I made him a little bit of money. Not bad. Uh, v did this like Riesling wine as well and then the same kind of thing. And then we were done. And we, we put it, put the fucking wine down and we left. We didn't say anything to anybody. We just fucking got the fuck out of there. It was so weird. It was so strange. It was so bizarre. So we go back to V's. We finish getting ourselves together, and it's time to go. And I don't know if you guys know this, but um, we, Sarah, Veronica, and I, that is, have some terrible luck when it comes to food. We just want our food a certain way. We like our food 
a certain way. So when it's not right, it's like rage mode. I'm going to fucking punch you in the nutsack. Even if you don't have one, I'm so sorry. Maybe that was offensive. I don't really know. Anyways, so we're, we, we leave Lowell and we're getting ready to head to Lafayette for our show, our first show back, this variety show that the amazing Nick Maxson from Brews with Dudes put together. And it was an amazing lineup. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So we, uh, you know, we go to the Wendy's on the way out of town and I ordered um, a junior bacon cheese with no lettuce, light mayo. Sarah ordered like a junior cheeseburger and a medium fry. Veronica ordered a chicken sandwich only cheese and a medium Coke. Oh, and then I also ordered a lemonade. Okay, it was like 13 bucks. So we pull around, hand the money. Takes like somewhere between six and seven minutes. And I'm like, man, you know, for fucking fast food, motherfucking, it's an, isn't it always like really slow anymore? Like how is it fast food when it takes me 10 goddamn minutes to get a Coca-Cola in your drive-thru? Now that wasn't today. I wasn't having the Coca-Cola today. We weren't just having the Coca-Cola this day. We ordered things. So I get that it might take a little bit longer, right? But it, it seemed like it took for fucking ever. And maybe it didn't. Maybe it did. I don't know. So anyways, we we uh, we uh receive the food from this lady. And we start leaving towards Lafayette. And Sarah's distributing the food in the truck to Veronica and myself, which... Or Veronica was distributing the food, and she goes, okay, here's the sandwich, here's the sandwich, here's the fry, here's the sandwich, here's your drink, here's my drink, we've got everything. Sarah opens up her sandwich, and it's fucking wrong. Unacceptable. And I'm like, let's just turn around. And she's like, I don't want to. You know, she's like gearing up to get upset about it. And I was like, no, seriously, listen. This is show day, and it's our first show back as a band. We haven't played in a month, and... I want it to be great. I don't want to be any negative energy whatsoever. I want us to be fucking zen the whole time. So I'm like, I'm turning around. So I turn around. We go through the drive-thru, and I politely say to the lady, I was like, hey, look, the sandwich is wrong. We ordered a junior cheeseburger. This is a junior bacon cheeseburger. If you guys don't know the difference, a junior cheeseburger at Wendy's comes with ketchup, mustard, pickle, and onion. Notice I did not use the word mayonnaise when I said that ketchup, mustard, pickle, and onion comes on the junior cheeseburger, right? So, when Sarah got her junior bacon cheeseburger and it had mayonnaise on it, the sin word, as it were, mayonnaise, she was not very happy. and She did not want that. So, I tell the lady, we got to get switchy. She's like, do you want a free frosty or something? And we're like, no, you know, not really. It's not even about that. Like, we don't want extra shit. We didn't come through to get free shit. We came through to just get the the thing we paid for, and then we're going to go about our, our, our business. We have other shit to go and do. I don't have time. I really don't have time to sit here and, like, wait for you to make me a Frosty and then wait for, you know, oh, now you're going to try to throw me in a medium fry or some shit. I, like, appreciate the idea of that. Sometimes I just want you to get it right the first time. And it'd be right, especially if it still takes you six to ten minutes to get my order together. Like, I feel like if I was in the fast food industry again at this age, I could be ultra efficient just knowing that you have to be ahead of the game in order to be in the game. Every fucking fast food industry person I know now waits until shit's not in their bins and whatnot. And then goes, oh, fuck, 
We're on chicken nuggets. Hey, you're going to tell that car that ordered a 20-piece? Yeah, you're going to have to pull them because we're out of fucking nuggets. And that's a four-minute wait. You're going to have to tell them. You're probably going to have to give them a free fry. They're going to be pissed. And that's how it goes, really. I mean, that's really how it is, too. So it's just like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. So they give, give us the right sandwich. We're like, okay, cool, good. We eat. The food was great. Actually, I was pretty sure I finished my burger before we even hit the drive through window. I'm a bit of a hog when it comes to, like, eating in the car because I just want to be done because I'm driving. I don't want to be managing a burger while I'm steering the truck and fucking careen us into the ditch. You know what I'm saying? I would prefer just to, like, quickly smash the burger, even if it maybe is bad for my health and gives me indigestion and shit like that, like, and then be able to just safely drive. You know what I'm saying? So we leave the Wendy's. We're driving to Lafayette. We made really fucking good time, like, shockingly good time. I told Nick we were going to be, like, pretty late. I think we were only, like, maybe we were, like, 10 minutes early or something. I think load-in was at 6.30, and we got there at, like, 6.15 Lafayette time. So me telling him we were going to be late was fucking pointless uh, because we got there right on time. It was great. Uh, and then we got to just kind of hang out, and it was great to talk to Nick, catch up with him. He showed me his awesome new fucking badass camera setup that they're going to hopefully be utilizing for Brews with Dudes here in the near future. Uh, you know, they, I mean, it's fucking radical i can't wait to maybe someday get the system myself so that we also can have that because boy it's fucking sick like it's super cool and he showed me like gave me the rundown and whatnot it was great uh while i was there i also got to meet and discuss and talk to a gentleman who has been featured on several episodes of Brews with dudes he's been revitalizing uh the north end of lafayette uh mr casey taylor from north end pub I want to give a special shout out to him. He's a huge wrestling mark. And so we got to like nerd out about wrestling. We're going to plan some huge, crazy thing possibly. And we're going to be talking about that on a different show on a different day when it's all ready. And that's not now. So anyways, let's get back into what has all been going on. So I talked to Casey and Casey was like kind of like grateful that I created the network and whatnot, like because Bruce with dudes then gave him an outlet to talk about things he loves and you know, then we got to bond and talk about Journey into Wrestling and, and all those things. Also mentioned that it was like NXT that night, so he had it on the big screen. It was absolutely phenomenal, actually. I'm going to take a quick drink of water, folks. Do not be alarmed. I did not die. The silence is not, it's not the end of the episode or some crazy shit. We're probably only a few minutes into this thing. I can't see the, the time is behind me, but I'm going to get a drink of this water because I'm a little bit parched. And that's how you drink water quickly and effectively. So we're hanging out. We watch Eros play. They were pretty awesome. And then there was like a really cool, bizarre, weird, I don't even, this embers, exotic, belly dancing, sex thing. It was different and strange and not bad, but I don't know how I feel about it. I'm like perplexed, I guess, because like I, Maybe it's for me because I'm not, like, quite, like, that kind of an exhibitionist. Like, I might be an exhibitionist in the way, like, I want people to hear me talk and hear my voice and and enjoy what I'm saying and maybe take something away from my conversation, you know. Um, so, we, uh, 
you know, we watch this lady and she's like in a bunny mask thing and like has a bunny tail and bunny titties and bunny, bunny, bunny and strips down and it's interesting. And then that's over and she takes the mask off. And this lady's got like a pixie haircut, which is cool and whatnot. And then she starts like very sexually blowing up these like uh, bl- uh, balloons, like little balloon, like you know how clowns make the little balloon animal dude fucking thing. She was doing shit like that, making poodles and shit. But then at the very end, she made like a, I don't know, it was probably like five foot, just straight long ass fucking balloon pink motherfucker. And it was like five feet long, right? And she, you see her tie it up and what the fuck not and everything, right? And then she starts to fucking deep throat this thing and and takes it all the way in. Okay, check this shit out. All the way in, all the way in, all the way in, all the way, all the fucking way in and then swallows it. And the crowd is a mixture of fucking horny, shocked, confused, and terrified. All it fucking wants. It's pandemonium. Cats and dogs living together. You guys know the deal. And I'm like, what the fuck did we just witness? And then I thought about it for a second. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. First of all, she, logistically speaking, couldn't swallow a five-foot long balloon. It would literally close off her air pipe and suffocate her to death, right? End of story. You don't just digest it all of a sudden and it's all good. So I was like, I'm guessing what she did was very cleverly. As soon as she started to put that fucking thing in her mouth, okay, right? She's taking it down. And while it looks like she's taking this fucking balloon dick down her throat, what's actually happening is she's letting the air out and it's an illusion, right? And maybe not everybody thought about it or caught on to that. But a lot of people are like, what the fuck, right? So get done with that, and it's our turn to play. Now, I will mention, amidst the Eros set, we had to do, like, our setup and shit. Like, so behind the North End Pub stage is a door, and then there's, like, a patio area that's just, like, concrete. And that's where I always set my shit up and stage it and whatnot and then bust the shit in. It's just the quickest, most effective way to work at North End, right? At least for our band, anyways. So we set everything up, we get it all staged, and then it's like, okay, well, once we're on stage, then we're going to have to wait because Ember was doing her thing, which we just discussed. She did her thing, and then it was time for us to perform, and it went really well. I was actually very happy. It sounded really great. I thought Sarah and Veronica both performed extraordinary, as always. No surprise. I did okay. It wasn't bad. I didn't break a stick. I didn't drop a stick. And I didn't fully fuck up a song, but I think I missed like a hi hat in one of the songs. So I did okay. It was it was it was it was it was an okay outing for me. I wasn't upset at it. The crowd was fucking into it. Lots of singing, lots of jamming out, and enjoying it. I loved that this time when we played North End Pub. Sarah does at the very we did the at the very end of the set, and it was kind of beautiful homage as my um, laptop here is singing to us during the podcast. Uh, very beautifully, Sarah, you know, we all, we added this like extra special Easter egg because the same evening we were performing at North End Pub in Lafayette, Indiana, 
Danzig was performing at PsychoFest in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, he was performing the entire How the Gods Kill Danzig 3 album. And we played How the Gods Kill, which we do typically. But I loved when we were at North End Pub, man. You could hear a fucking pin drop. Sarah starts playing piano. I think I heard like one, maybe one voice off in the end. Somebody was like answering a, a person's question or some shit. But like you could fucking hear almost a pin drop. It was so silent. It was beautiful. And she got to like play this beautiful build. And then Veronica came in with these bellowing fucking powerful vocals that it's crazy. She's so tiny, but she's so massive in the most beautiful way. So we, uh, you know, we finish our set. And it's Sweat City. We bust ass to get off stage. So now I'm back behind the stage where we had started. And I'm tearing down. And as I'm tearing down, the next bands are filtering on. So I'm like briefly speaking with Bizarre Noir. They were the second act of the evening. And uh, then we we started discussing and talking to this dude named Logan. Uh, Logan hosts a podcast on... YouTube called Ryden Nerdy, R-Y, or R-Y-D-I-N, I guess, Nerdy, I think. I didn't actually look that up. Maybe I should look that up right now on the podcast live. Let's do it. Fuck it. YOLO, right? So anyway, we're talking to Logan, and Logan's a super fucking nerd in the best way, okay? So, uh, Ryden nerdy podcast oh hey riding nerdy here we go yeah so you can get riding nerdy on youtube uh they talk about stuff they got some podcasts going on and whatnot you guys can check them out but anyways logan also is in this dope band named zephaniah they've got like this dragon force meets three inches of blood vibe to them and he's a very powerful vocalist and uh he actually we were talking and he asked veronica he's like did, did i hear you're you're operatically trained and he's like yes of course and he's like me too i i, I sang i performed opera and it was crazy, and it made sense because he's in zephaniah he has this like phenomenal voice so it just it actually like totally made sense to me so we're backstage, we're discussing with him, we're catching up, we're, you know, learning about this gentleman. I had never met him before in my life, but it, we became, like, instant best friends. He has a fucking TARDIS tattooed on his fucking chest, or the middle of his fucking chest or whatever. So it's like, Jesus, he's, like, dedicated to whatnot. And we were laughing because, like, literally the day before we had dropped Radio. I hope you guys went back and listened to that. If you're a Doctor Who fan and you haven't checked out Veronica, Sarah, Lauren, myself's new podcast, Radio it comes out every other Friday, so it just dropped a couple days ago, means in two weeks you're going to be getting episode two, we got some big stuff coming there as well. So anyways, talking to Logan, we're tearing down, we finish our tear down, we're getting ready to load up the truck, we're loading the truck up, we fin- we're finishing loading the truck up, and as we're finishing loading the truck up and we're talking to Logan, I see Nick Maxson, and he's walking towards me, I'm like what is this motherfucker doing, what's he up to? He walks over to me and he's like, "Hey, man!" And I was like, "How's it going?" He goes, "This I have this for you guys," and I'm like, "Hey, what the fuck is it?" He goes, "Well, it came a couple days ago, and it's addressed to y'all, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I have no idea." And dude, let me tell you, and I'm not gonna like go into extreme detail. You'll probably hear it some other time. I don't want to, I don't want now to be the total story. 
because I want to kind of keep it a little bit special for this person. But we got this like amazing letter sent to us from a fan who had thoughtfully, uh, instead of trying to find where we live, thank God, he decided to see our recent events that we were going to go to, sent a letter to where we were playing, got it right. That's a good thing, right? And then we got to like have this really, really out-of-existence experience where I'm reading this note and this guy's just saying how he's thankful for what we're doing and how we're interpreting this music and really fucking validating a lot of the things that that I wanted out of this band and like to know that the most important part of what we're doing is paying tribute to the music of the misfits. It's not about Veronica's trying to be Glenn Danzig. I'm trying to be like robo or fucking Joey image or any of those guys like, or, you know, Sarah's trying to be like fucking Doyle, you know, it's none of those things. It's us trying to make the music be the fucking mega star. That's why we don't got no crazy setup on stage. That's why we don't do nothing but just fucking jam. Because it's that you don't, it's about the music first, right? So, um, to get this fan letter is like really validating and it was really humbling. Like it was mind blowing. We're going to be, you know, we have some stuff we're going to be sending back for because he gave like a little return address thing that we can send. It's cool. It's fucking cool. Right, it was really bizarre, and and it was and it was another thing that was very humbling was this is something I had no idea was coming, and I experienced it with a new friend Logan, and my my homeboy Nick Maxson who you know put the show together, puts a lot of work into it, puts a lot of work into our network. You guys, he's not just building his brand when he's building brews with dudes, he's building the network's brand, and I learned that because. I was talking to representatives from Bell's Brewing Company this weekend, and I was talking to Casey Taylor from North End Pub and all these other people. And when I was like, yeah, Brews with Dudes, part of the Journey into Comics Network, I started that. And they were like, oh, shit, that's fucking, whoa, like, that's radical. That's actually how Logan and I, like, really started bonding is because I brought up the network. And he was like, oh, fuck, man, I have a podcast. It's called Ride Nerdy. And I was like, oh, I love that name. It's so clever because it is. I, I dig it. So, and I was like, hopefully I can find you on YouTube and I don't accidentally get a bunch of like uh, Weird Al videos, you know, which I didn't. I've, I've very easily found them. So that made me feel, that made me feel pretty good, right? I mean, you, you can't, you can't beat that as it were. So we get done putting everything in the truck and I'm going to go park the truck and then I'm going to come back and we're going to chill for a second, hopefully go inside and watch some more acts and then at some point we have to bounce because we got this like journey back home, you know, hour and a half, two hours. And, uh, <clears throat> we, uh, I come back and as soon as I get back, Blaine and Miranda are standing by where Veronica and Sarah and Logan are. And, uh, Veronica, as soon as I get up there, she's like, Hey, I'm going to go in. And watch this act a little bit and then sell some merch and do some shit. And then I'll come back out. I was like, oh, radical. I'm going to catch up with Blaine. Hadn't really got to chat with him for too long. I mean, I got a little bit of a conversation in before the before we got to play. Uh, but it, it, nothing compared to what happened next. 
So, and I'm not going to like dish everything out. I don't want anybody listening to think I'm about to like invade some shit and say too much. I, I don't, that's, that's not what's going on. But, uh, I was standing with Blaine and Miranda and things got very real, very fast. And I don't mean that in like a negative drama way. I mean that in, I could tell that Miranda was hurting and not because of Blaine. I don't think that other things at play here. And I just, uh, you know, kind of transcended myself for a second. And I just considered Miranda as like someone, I, I don't really know her that well. I have to be really genuine right now when I say that I don't know Miranda as well as a lot of the people that Blaine has her around in Lafayette because they get to see her and interact with her on like a sometimes daily basis, depending on how often Blaine and them are out doing things, you know? So I could tell there was something up. She kind of brings up that something's up. And I kind of just kept it very real and uh, dished on some truth because here's the thing, man. Life is very difficult. Uh, I'm learning that while life is very difficult, it ebbs and flows. You're going to be met with adversity. You're going to be met with tragedy. You're going to be met with heartache and crazy things you weren't expecting your adult person to ever think about dealing with. And you're going to struggle and you're going to wish you didn't have to struggle and you're going to wish that everything would just go away. But the the facts are that at the end of the day, you fucking, you know, you Jason Ellis the fuck out of this shit. You harden the fuck up. You put your fucking hands up and your head down. And you fucking go forward and you keep pushing. Because, you know, I know it's hard. Everybody goes, listen, if somebody's got a mental health problem, you can't fucking say that they, you can't tell them that they have to reach out. And, and or like try to guilt them and bullshit because that's not fair to them. No, what's not fair to them is they don't recognize they're creating a permanent solution to temporary problems, right? There are things that can depress people, right? But there are ways, and yes, there are ways for people to heal. They just have to know that it's okay to heal. And I think that's something that maybe Miranda had forgotten that it's okay to heal and to grow from who you were as a person when you're younger or the things you've gone through when you are a younger human and you're still learning from everything, you know? So we had this really deep conversation and Blaine and I had this really deep conversation and it was very beautiful to just chat with these two. They're very fantastic people. Uh, I've got nothing but love for Blaine. It was, you know, shout out especially to him and Tyler saying it here on the podcast. If you guys don't know, Podcastrophe just celebrated episode 50, and for the first time since April 30th, I think, Brandon Stone, co-creator of the Journey into Comics Network, was their guest, who was the first guest of Podcastrophe. It was a beautiful moment. It was a great episode, three hours and change long. They cover so many different things, cover so many different angles, take it all the way back to the beginning of the show, transcend to the future of the network. It was absolutely beautiful. It was great seeing Brandon back on uh, on the network, and uh, hopefully you guys will be hearing from him very soon. Um but I digress. So, you know, that conversation happened. The letter had happened. It was just like all these things kind of overwhelming and whatnot. And it was great. And then it was 
finally kind of time to go. So, okay, we're going to say our adieus and goodbyes and whatnot. We go to dip. When Veronica and Sarah get in the truck, V's like, I got kind of a story I need to tell you guys. And I was like, okay, cool. So V's like, when I was in there selling merch, a couple came up to me. And I want to shout this couple out specifically. Here's the thing. They didn't tell her their name or she didn't remember their name or I didn't hear the name right or I don't I don't know where the name is. It's not in my catalog right now. So I'm not sure which who's of you they are. But a very specific couple came up and the gentleman said that he had listened to Journey into Comics several times. He's a listener of the show and that he uh, had actually heard me speaking about Walk Among Us, my band. And that because of that, he took interest into our videos and the things we had been up to. And then now they are fans of our band as well. And that was another fucking genuinely humbling experience for me. I, I was I was like kind of my mouth agape a little bit because you got to understand, man, when I started JIC in the very beginning, and it still to this day holds true, this is very therapeutic for me. I'm locked in a zone right now and transcending all the other shit that's going on in the world, you know, outside of this moment. And I'm just hopefully connecting with the listener, whoever you are. I hope that right now, if you're going through a shitty day or you've had some shit on your plate that you, you know that I don't give a fuck, reach out to me directly because I'll talk you through it, man. I'll give you some advice. I don't care. I would love a segment on this show where people sent in questions and I gave them advice. It would be great. I would try my best and hopefully give pretty decent advice. I try. I look at things from a very logical perspective and see the the truth of what is happening because sometimes it's hard to see everything. And I, and I mentioned this to Miranda and, and Dick uh, that sometimes it is, and to quote the Dark Knight, darkest just before the dawn. And that's a very true thing because sometimes when you're deep in the bad, when you're deep in the stuff that's fucking with you mentally or emotionally or whatever, it feels like eternity before you'll ever get out of it. And sometimes it seems the worst right before it gets absolutely better. And sometimes you have to have almost, and I don't want to use blind faith because I think that's horse shit, but blind faith because it's perfectly said. You have to believe that you'll get out of the darkness because you will. You will. There is a way. There's always a way to make things better. You know, and uh, I'm going to take another drink of water on that note. So we departed from Lowell, or we departed from Lowell shit. We departed from Lafayette and got that story. Shout out to the couple that, that, you know, the dude that listens that I just want to say, whoever you are, please, I need, I, it's killing me. I don't, that I don't know who you are. So if you could just message me on Facebook and be like, Hey man, it's me. I don't have to publicly shout you out if you don't want me to, but I just want to express how I appreciate that and how the, the exact symbolism I was just saying about how it was darkest just before the dawn was really, it really rings true for what's been going on in my life and how things have not been easy necessarily. And um, losing our bass player was difficult. Uh, as I said before, it was, we had played without him before, you know, it was, we had been able to do it in circumstances where it was a necessity. Hey, we got this really great opportunity. 
we can't pass it up. But Rob can't do it. And Rob, at the time, was a very selfless individual. And I think he is a very selfless individual. He decided that at that time, when he was still in the band, that if we had an opportunity and he couldn't do it, that we should still do it. Right? And I really appreciated that. So knowing that we could do that going forward was fine, but it was like the jitters, and it seemed like, you know, maybe maybe people don't give up. We haven't played Lafayette in like uh, since October of last year, you know? So it was uh, I, like, I don't even know. Like, what are people going to think? Is it even going to matter that we're here? And it was really awesome. The crowd was just, again, it was vibing. It was, the whole night was cool. And, um, and uh, the Lafayette's just a home away from home. Uh, definitely excited to go back there again, hopefully in the near future. We'll see. We'll see how that goes and, and what comes up. I know we've got some other stuff coming up real soon here. Uh, next time you guys will be seeing Walk Among Us to kind of give you the end of the Walk Among Us journey before we move into some actual comic book news here on Journey Into Comics, not Journey Into Walk Among Us. That's not the episode title, I promise. Uh, but uh, you can see Walk Among Us in uh, Mishawaka, Indiana, we're going to be playing at Smith's Downtown with Mooj and Hoso, the Toxic Twins and Sham, and that's going to be a banger of a show, uh, August 31st, it's a Friday night, I think the show starts at 8pm, I'm not sure on the set where we are, possibly second to last, possibly first, who knows, who fucking knows, whatever, it'll be a great show, it's going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to that show specifically. Uh, then on uh, September 7th, we're in Mulberry, Indiana at Shakedown 4. Um, I know we're playing with like Shiza and Misunderstood and Abercorn, I think, was one of them. And so, uh, yeah, those are the ones I can remember. Toronto Dump was another one for sure. But uh, I know that Bruise with Dudes is doing a very special live podcast both days possibly from Shakedown 4. So very awesome that Journey into Comics Network, yet again, kind of infecting a lot of the bigger events that have been going on. I'm really genuinely super proud of Brews with Dudes for the amount of uh, work they've been putting in and the return they're getting on their podcast because people are taking note and Brews with Dudes is a brand to be reckoned with. Uh, and I think you guys should be listening. If you're not listening to Brews with Dudes, maybe you're not a craft beer guy. This show will make you a craft beer guy. I promise. Or gal. Fuck it. Girls can drink beer. Anybody can drink beer. If you are a human person who breathes the fucking oxygen on this earth, you can choose to drink beer and not become an alcoholic. It's about pacing yourself. It's about being mindful. It's about getting a bomber of fucking dope-ass beer that's like a 12% banger that'll just kind of give you a nice buzz that'll just set it off. You don't have to get crazy. You don't have to get a belligerent and wild. You're not a fucking kid anymore, man. Be mellow. I'm just going to be real. Smoke some weed and chill out. Like, Jesus. You don't have to be so crazy. I hate crazy drunk people. Fuck. It's like, chill the fuck out. Belligerent asshole. Ugh. I hate it. Anyways. So. Oh, September 15th. Walk Among Us. We're performing at Brower House in Lombard, Illinois. With the Vibrators, holy shit, legendary punk band from the UK, the Vibrators with Walk Among Us. going to be another banger of a show, I'm certain of it. Uh, and then what else do we have? We've got, oh, well, the, 
I guess the October dates I can't really talk about, but I can say one. But wow, we are not announcing our October dates yet. Uh, we're we're trying to put some special stuff together to keep our October pretty excellent. Uh, so we're gonna see where that goes. Anyways, we're gonna move on now and get back our into our uh, into our actual reason for having this show. That's journey into comics. Talk about some comic book news. We're actually gonna be talking a lot about the media side of comic book news today. A lot of the movie based stuff uh, today. While last week was more of a comic book book heavy episode this one's going to be less of that and more um other shit and actually there's some really cool other 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 shit to talk about i'm going to bang through a little bit of this news though here so first up we have uh the huge news of who the front runner for warner brothers role as green lantern for green lantern core might be and this would be the gentleman who'd be playing hal jordan uh, you know, there's been a lot of conjecture of the person who should take the role, and uh, I don't really have a personal favorite, per se, of who I think is like a Garen fucking teed perfect person to play Hal Jordan. Uh, however, the person that they selected, or at least is the front runner, and everybody is saying that as soon as he is approving the script, they will move forward with the movie... Um, it, it, it's an interesting, like, super double tie to his past, right, as well. So, Hal Jordan is a pilot, a combat pilot. He's a, he's a genius, right? And he becomes the Lantern, right? Lantern chooses him. So, who might be the Green Lantern? It's motherfucking Tom Cruise. What do I think about this? It's a weird casting choice, honestly, but it makes all the sense in the world. Top Gun, the end. That's all I have to say, Top Gun. Top Gun, he already knows how to be the fucking Hal Jordan. All he has to do is just go back to his Top Gunning fucking ways, and it'll be flawless, right? Absolutely flawless. Plus, he's a little bit older and wiser, so he can add a little bit of the Mission Impossible stuff into that role and maybe make it really extra special, you know? Uh, Green Lantern Corps could also mean we're getting a Jon Stewart as well. Uh, possibly other Lanterns. I mean, there's a million different ways they could tell this story, and I'm really looking forward to the possibility. But having it be um, Mr. Tom Cruise, man, uh, it would be it would be it would be a huge acquisition. Uh, and Henry Cavill had actually said that he loved working with Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible Fallout. So he said he would love to work with Tom again. So any opportunity I would get would be enormous fun. Uh, and as I had said, it is rumored to have both Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. So I'm looking forward to the possibility of this. Uh, oh, interesting. So here's the interest. I just am just perusing a little article that I just pulled up about this Tom Cruise news. And it's from comicbook.com, and it mentions that a blind item from the celebrity rumor site Crazy Days and Nights states that Tom Cruise was in talks to star as the lead Green Lantern, but with one major caveat. The rumor stated that the character, Green Lantern Hal Jordan, was going to be killed off in the script, but that Cruise would not take the role unless that was changed. The item originally ran in March of this year without Cruise's name or without the Green Lantern mentioned, and now the site just revealed that information. 
So it's rumored that this has been going on for quite some time. Christopher McQuarrie and talks to join the film. He's a collaborator who's frequently worked with Tom Cruise. They, you know, they're trying to move this forward. Flash is coming up soon. They've had to push Batman back because of, of unfinished script and will or will they not have Ben Affleck? Who knows? Um, but Ben Affleck, Tom Cruise, Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, fucking Ray Fisher, and Jason Momoa. Oh, and also Ezra Miller. That's a pretty legendary, massive fucking Justice League that genuinely would have me jacked. So my thought here is, if I'm looking at this right, if it means that Hal Jordan was going to be killed off, then that means that they would be giving Jon Stewart the role of Lantern in the Justice League, and that was going to be their kind of like switch up move to kind of keep people guessing and off their feet oh my god they killed off Hal Jordan and now Jon Stewart has to be the lantern and we didn't really take stock in Jon Stewart so maybe they'll flip flop it who knows I don't know how that's gonna go um but uh we're gonna keep on with some DC news here folks uh DC actually we're gonna bring up a little bit of a spoiler for Batman 53 Bruce is continuing to serve jury duty on the trial of Mr. Freeze's murder. The jurors are deadlocked, uh, but all but one is set to convict Freeze. Bruce is the lone holdout, not because he thinks the classic villain is innocent, but because he knows that Batman has gone too far this time. Batman was overzealous and used too much force in apprehending Freeze, but Bruce somehow has to convince the jurors of this. And that's where the readers get a look at Bruce's spiritual life, and by extension, Batman's. After noting another author's cross necklace bruce asks uh, bruce is asked if he believes in god and bruce says or does uh, or rather he used to so the lady says i believe in god i attended my church for 20 years is that a problem uh, no never do you believe in god bruce and he says uh yes that's just it i used to bruce goes on to explain that after the death of his family he set aside his belief in god and anything that his father thought had saved him it would be very easy to read this part of the issue as clear declaration that batman is an atheist many fans have in fact interpreted the issue this way leading to an interesting debate uh, in places such as reddit where some have even gone on to question how exactly batman can be an atheist if he regularly works with wonder woman who the current in the current incarnation at least is a demigod herself as the daughter of zeus However, if you read the current issue carefully, there's another possibility that opens up. Bruce Wayne believes in something. He's just lost all of his faith in it. Uh, He goes on to continue to talk to the jurors to explain. After much searching, he ultimately found himself believing in something new, Batman. Now, Bruce does not reveal that he's Batman. Instead, the revelation that for Bruce Wayne, Batman is a form of God has a purpose in the story of getting the other jurors to understand Batman, who they also see as a god, is not a god simply because, to paraphrase, Batman does does not offer solace from pain, hope, eternal, or comfort and loss. God blesses you. God blesses your souls with grace, Bruce says. Batman punches people in the face. I mean, um, that's enough to get the jury to acquit freeze but the sum of his admission reveals it just isn't god that bruce has lost faith and he's lost faith in himself in himself as well he tells alfred uh he tells alfred shit i lost my spot in this article he tells alfred very clearly that he is lost and in the final panel suits up in his original suit and says i need to remember who i am just like it's easy to read bruce's admission that he wants to believe in god as an admission of atheism the idea that batman declaring that he needs to remember who he is can be read as him admitting that he's looking for something to have faith in again in this case himself after all bruce says batman is what is 
what he replaced God with. Returning to the original suit would be a significant step towards returning to faith in himself, in Batman, in the very concept of salvation. Ultimately, what Bruce Wayne believed on a spiritual level isn't really the story here. It's part of a larger tale Tom King has been telling since the wedding that wasn't in, ep in issue 50, one in which Bruce has to figure out who he is and who what he wants to be. Faith is simply a part of that, one in which Bruce has to hit rock bottom to find his way back to. After all, the issue closes with a Bible verse about that very concept. It's easy to see Batman and his struggles in the verse. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Bless be thy name of the Lord. Ugh. Sorry, I'm not a religious person. I am, in fact... Um, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I, I believe there's a possibility of something, but until I see it, I can't put any stock in it and go, oh, save me, mystical creature that put me here. Like, maybe something put us here. Maybe not. Maybe we're just a part of science and existence, and we just exist because we do, and there's no rhyme or reason. You just got to make your fucking path and make the best of it, right? And I don't need some book fucking hundred years old that's been mistranslated hundreds of thousands of years. interestingly enough here you know here's the thing it's difficult because uh i know there may be a couple members i don't know many of them but there might be a couple members on the network who are somewhat religious somewhat believe in god and i believe that if we had a long heartfelt off air not something you guys should listen to conversation uh, I could help them to understand the concept is really, really crazy. Uh, and uh, maybe it exists. Maybe. It's possible. Who knows? But in my eyes, I don't I don't think that's happening. So it's interesting to see that Batman is an atheist. That's a cool twist. Um, nice to see that I'm more like Batman than some of you. Train of our existence coming in, cutting into the beautiful time with the timing there. Just kicking ass. Here's some more Batman-related news. Gotham Season 5 is gearing up to be released soon, I hope. And Fox has released the name of some of the episodes. Episodes 5 through 8, which actually released a bit of a spoiler. And let's talk about this spoiler because it's fucking massive. It implies so many things, so many possibilities, and it kind of gives me an idea of what might happen, um, but who knows. So episode 5 of 5, Penadura, okay. Episode 5 of 6, The Air is Getting Slippery, okay. They haven't officially released the title for episode 7, probably because it has more of a spoiler or more of something that would let you in on the story further than what you should know at that point. But episode 5, or episode 8 of season 5, is titled, I Am Bane. Holy shit, folks. Gotham will be introducing Bane in its final season. Hopefully, we will have an opportunity to see the best incarnation of Bane. I firmly and genuinely believe that Gotham has done nothing but absolutely slay in the world of Batman and actually just proving that they have the hold on the mythos of Batman better than a lot of people that have had it at the helm in Hollywood. Uh, I really have loved everything Gotham is doing. I'm very sad to see that this is possibly the very end for for this Gotham story. Maybe they can somehow leave, uh, you know, a cliffhanger and Netflix or somebody will pick Gotham up for season six and it'll be like a couple years down the road after Bruce has been Batman for a while and uh, David Mezu can, you know, grow up a little bit. Uh, so many, I mean, 
you've essentially got the Joker, Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman, Poison Ivy, and possibly Bane appearing on Gotham, as well as Ra's al Ghul, Scarecrow, Firefly. Uh, you know, we had a little bit of a tease for Clayface. There have been a lot of amazing villains that have appeared in Gotham. So, uh, Mr. Tyler McLaughlin, if you're listening, Mr. Sir, you know, I just said Bane is going to appear. I think he's one of your favorites, if I do remember correctly. You might want to end up checking that shit out, brother. Anyways, I got some more news here. Uh, and this is an interesting twist because someone has noticed a very brief Easter egg about Spider-Man Homecoming. I know, we were just talking about DC, Nate. How are all of a sudden you on fucking Marvel? How do we do that? Are you obsessed with Marvel? Maybe. But someone on Reddit posts, I noticed this Spider-Man Homecoming Batman Easter egg. I'm almost positive it's probably been found in the scene where the Vulture and Spider-Man first meet and Spider-Man shoot, uh, Spider-Man shoot pops out and he falls to the ground for a split second. You can see Keaton's Vulture in the moon just like Batman. And it looks just like Batman. It's, it's, Definitely. Dude is not wrong. Uh, I think that that's awesome because, you know, Keaton is the Batman. And uh, he did such a great job in Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm excited. They've been shooting Spider-Man Far From Home. I hope we get some news on that soon and we can, you know, get the official confirmation Jake Gyllenhaal is Mysterio. I would love to get some visuals on that you know it's crazy to think next year 2019 we're almost there and and maybe you guys aren't necessarily even thinking of it like this but uh and it's weird i'm in a weird place right now and we're going to talk about that too uh because i feel like i've maybe lost my faith in marvel a little bit and that's not necessarily marvel directly but more disney over marvel right because we're going to get into that in a minute but i'm sure you guys have heard the news uh to go back to it though uh Spider-Man Far From Home, which is the next Spider-Man movie, by the way. I don't know if I covered that. I'm pretty, I, I, I did cover that when they announced that. Um, but Spider-Man Far From Home is going to be releasing literally like a month after Avengers 4, whatever the movie Avengers 4 is called, right? Which we don't know the title still. They're still fucking with us about it. I wonder if we will ever see the title. Who knows? Maybe even when the movie's out, they'll just say, Avengers 4, you think of the fucking title. Ha. <laughs> Journey into Comics 205, you think of the fucking title. <laughs> That's it. Okay, I'm keeping that. You think of the fucking title. Okay, JIC 205, you think of the fucking title. I'm just going to say it a couple times just so I don't forget it because it would be like me to forget it and then I go, what's the fucking title? You think of the fucking title. Oh, that's the title. What was that title? You think of the fucking title. Okay, I'll think of the fucking title. So, uh, let's get into this. We were talking about uh, what's going on in Disney and Daredevil star Vincent D'Onofrio speaks out on Disney's firing of James Gunn. He tweeted, this is a big bummer with the Screen Rant thing because according to Screen Rant, Disney is not going to be rehiring James Gunn. Vincent D'Onofrio, not a fan of this. Another person that's not a fan of this, Dave Batista, that says, thanks, Disney, making America great again with American flag. He's very sarcastic and he hates Disney. He's super pissed off. Because, well, uh, it seems as of right now, Disney doesn't give a fuck. But that builds to another thing. And we're going to kind of tie into some things. Okay, so Stephen DeKnight, who uh, DeKnight has worked on Daredevil first season as well as directed Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, he's been working with, I think, Disney a little bit more and trying to do some stuff with Marvel Studios. Uh, someone asked him on Twitter, hey, would you say yes 
Or what would you say if someone asked you if you wanted to direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Stephen Knight responded with, I would politely decline. No way in hell I could come close to what James Gunn has accomplished. I feel like everybody's on that same page too. I don't think there'll be any director that steps up and it will force their hand and James Gunn will be reinstated. I feel like this story is still very much far from over. Like, I feel like it's possible that James Gunn could hire an attorney and sue Disney for wrongful termination considering they were aware about these tweets before he was employed with Disney and they still hired him. He still made them billions of dollars. And then because a crazy psychopathic conservative who is a known, like uh, I'm pretty sure pedophile and rapist, I, I don't quote me on that, you know, uh, not liable there, but uh, I, I think that's the story anyways, uh, you know, tries to like, shit all over James Gunn and fuck his whole career over. It's it totally bogus. I'm not a fan of it at all, and I, I really, really want to see justice served. And I think you guys should know that James Gunn is a good person. It comes through in his work. It comes through in his heart. It comes through in, I mean, for Christ's sakes, every Guardian scene is amazing. Every time I watch both those movies, there are scenes that make me well up and tear, teary-eyed, you know. Uh, I I love, and I haven't in a while because I've been really sad with this James Gunn news, but I loved listening to nothing but awesome mixes, volumes one and two, and then the song from Avengers Infinity War, Rubber Band Man. Like, they were my vibe. They got me in the good spot. They made me feel nice. They helped me relax and, and get in a good headspace because it gave me positive energy channeled through James Gunn, you know? So I just... Uh, I just think that it's it's wrong. It's so wrong, and I hope that this injustice gets fixed sooner rather than later. Sure, he made some shitty jokes. Sure, you probably shouldn't make pedophile jokes. Sure, you shouldn't make rape jokes. I get it. It's taboo now. There was a time when it wasn't as taboo. There was a time when you could say raunchy, fucked up shit, and no one batted an eye at it right? And in this era of social justice and everyone trying to make sure that no one's feelings are hurt and that no one is misrepresented, we've now created this situation where everybody has to like go to war if someone in their past is found to have done something unfavorable. And that's even if it comes down to rumors, not even facts, rumors, you know? I mean, like the Chris Hardwick thing, unconfirmed what actually happened, right? We don't know the story. Chloe Dykstra knows the story. Chris Hardwick knows the story. Other than that, no one can officially say because it was their shit. We should stay out of that, I would say. Is it fucked up that she made the blog? Meh. Was she trying to bury Chris Hardwick in a time where Me Too has really risen up? Possibly. Could she be silenced herself because something did happen and he has the right people on his side defending him because he's Chris fucking Hardwick. Could be. I don't know. I don't know the answers to those questions. It's all conjecture at this point, honestly. It really is. So, you know, I think that, uh, I think only time will tell. And I love that Stephen Knight stands up and says, no dice, I would not be joining. I would not be, I would not be partaking in that uh, at all here. Uh, so, we're going to kind of stay, again, in the Marvel world, but we're going to shift gears just a little bit here. Uh, you guys, there's this movie that I really shit all over, and it was Josh Trank's reboot of Fantastic Four. It came out a few years ago. It didn't make a profit at the box office. It was 
a terribly conceived movie that had no real plot point that made no fucking sense whatsoever. It was just like the bag of what the fuck thrown into a blender of weirdest shit, you know? So Jeremy Slater, who worked on uh, that reboot, uh, he was actually the writer for the movie, apologized to Marvel fans, tweeting this. He said, in meetings, I always joke that I was raised on the two Stevens, that's King and Spielberg, and that's not far from the truth. While other kids were playing sports or doing whatever cool kids do, I was spending the nights in the Overlook or hanging out in the sewers beneath Dairy 2, or beneath Dairy 2. That's the second part of his message. And when I finally got my foot in the door, I only had three dream projects on my bucket list. One was Marvel, um, dot, 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 sorry about that one, guys. One was Star Wars, and the third, of course, was Stephen King. And one, any one of those jobs would let me die a happy man. I wish they would have added the rest of that, but they didn't add the rest of that conversation. I'm going to click on it to see if I can get the rest of the... Uh... Okay, so he says, Now, 30 years later, I'm beyond thrilled to be a part of a team bringing the Tommyknockers to life. It just feels right, you know, like coming home. And most of all, thanks to Stephen King for the lifetime of Incredible Nightmares. Four or five. Uh, I can't wait for you to visit Haven. It's a hell of a town. Just don't go in the woods. Five of five. And that's it. So Stephen King's Tommyknockers gets writer Jeremy Slater for movie adaptations. They're going to be writing a movie. Exciting. Could be great. Who knows? So Fantastic Four, right? Uh, Not a good movie. Here's an interesting twist. Tim Miller's version of Deadpool 2 was going to actually feature the Fantastic Four. And how do we know this? Alexander Lozano released a picture. He's an artist. Alexander Lozano releases a picture of the Fantastic Four, the thing, character design. Tim Miller version of Deadpool 2 uh, at 5.5. That was May 5th. Tim Miller was very precise when it came to the description of the thing. He wanted to make sure that I orient myself in the design as close as possible to the comic template to finally give us, the fans, what we always wanted to see on the big screen. It may sound surprising, but the supposedly simple task turned out to be a major challenge after several failed attempts that originally assumed. For the sake of my reputation, I will spare you all those design errors. It's clobbering time. And it's an awesome picture of Ben Grimm. And then, if I can move the mouse, it's Ben Grimm with uh, like with his chest exposed, and there's one with him with the Fantastic Four vest on. Looks pretty awesome. Man, that would have been crazy if Deadpool 2 would have featured the Fantastic Four. Like, that would have been some crossover shit. They could have rebooted the Fantastic Four on Tim Miller's back. Would have been awesome. But I think, you know, David Leitch, I think he did a fantastic job on the Deadpool 2 movie. I just watched the Super Duper Cut. That's something that's not on script that I'm going to add to the show today. Just watch the Super Duper Cut. Oh, shit, that's an audio that we don't want playing here. Just watch the Super Duper Cut of Deadpool 2. I'll get it out eventually, folks. Don't worry. And uh, it was really good. I love the movie. Uh, Second and third watching of it. uh, Definitely a fan of Deadpool 2. I believe that Tyler might have been right uh as the true winner of the argument of what the best movie of 2018 was even over even over infinity war in some aspects because i think that seeing the super duper cut of the deadpool 2 movie made me appreciate it more because they open up the russell story and give you more backstory before you just meet up with him at the orphanage where he's getting fucked up by the bad dudes 
you know, and then Deadpool fucking goes all rogue and kills dude. So overall, I loved it. When you guys get a chance, when it's out, when you're available to check it out, I think that's this week. Please do yourself a favor, get it, watch it. You will love it. It is phenomenal. Deadpool 2, Deadpool 2, go watch it. ASAP. That's all I'm going to say about that. Here is something that has nothing to do with Deadpool, nothing to do with Marvel, nothing to do with anything but Disney, but Star Wars. So uh, here's uh, here's a thought. Someone has thought about this very long and hard and said, what would be a better thing to what 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 should episode nine be titled right and there's like a lot of different thoughts here now a now deleted account on reddit posted that i think that the the title of episode nine should be a new order it's ambiguous just like the last jedi in a sense that it could mean so many different things a new jedi order the first order under kylo a new order of force users and or of political power as a blend of light and dark side users slash powers or all of the above. So will we have episode nine star Wars episode nine, a new order it bring, it runs off the tongue. I mean, it's not, it's not bad. Last Jedi, a new order force awakens. That's a good run of movies. Hope is, you know, uh, I, I was thinking, you know, the, the last hope maybe who knows, or, no hope, end of hope, hopelessness. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine: Hopelessness. It's just everybody fucking losing, no one winning. It's like Kylo Ren crushes everybody, and then a fucking tank rolls over him on accident and just squishes him like a bug, and he's dead. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of everything today, folks. But oh wait, no, it's not, because you know what? Here's a crazy thing. I totally okay and this is something that uh was not planned i totally got into a new show and i it's not that new i guess it's a couple years old at this point but uh when we were painting and working in the kitchen i put on this show called my hero academia it's supposed to be like a superhero show it's a anime it's adult oriented it's not necessarily like a show kids should even be watching there's a lot of adult themes and language and content and stuff and uh, titty grabbing which was very bizarre to see in a cartoon was not necessarily expecting that to be on my television we'll get to that in a minute but uh, I'm gonna kind of, well not I, mean, I guess probably won't get into that in a minute I'm through season one but I didn't really fully watch it I mostly listened and like looked up and watched when I could. You know, because I was working in the kitchen. But I listened to the whole thing, and I saw a lot of the major moments, and I would, like, stop to take breaks to, like, get in the big parts of the story. Each episode's, like, 22 minutes long, so it's it's quick, it's brief, it's pop, 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 you can get through it, you know? So, My Hero Academia, what is this show about? Essentially, it is about how there was a chosen one, and this chosen one got something called a quirk. And a quirk is essentially, like, a superpower, and he was the first. But in the era that we are in now... 80% of the Earth's population has quirks, and it's kind of just like a job. Being a superhero has just become a job, and just like being a supervillain is kind of a job, but it's just like being a mobster, essentially, right? So all these people uh, have powers except for 20%. 20% including Izuku, who's a 14-year-old boy who dreams 
he wants he kind of wants to become a hero he didn't have a quirk though he's just kind of a, a nerd he really gets down on like statistics and and follows heroes around and like stats checks and whatnot and talks about things they've done in their history and stuff and he's like a, he's a fan he's a fanboy of the of the heroes on his planet so one day he's walking home from school he gets attacked by this bad dude but the the amazing hero like the superman of this world all might saves him and he's known as the symbol of peace uh before all might leaves izuku kind of goes he's like uh uh mr all might if do you think could i be a hero without a quirk and all might's like well it's it's cool to dream and all but you should not confuse your dreams with reality and he leaves so izuku's walking home and he spots his, his, actually his bully, uh, Katsuki, getting messed up by some sort of villain wreaking havoc using Katsuki's body kind of as like a medium, and he goes to save him, and All Might recognizes that, you know, uh, Izuku is like selfless, he wants to just save and help these people, and he doesn't have a quirk, and he's going into battle to die, essentially, so All Might steps in, does the right thing, saves uh, Izuku and Katsuki's lives, and then, uh, you know, you get deeper in, and All Might kind of uh, appears and says, hey, thanks for being so brave. Like, you were really great out there, kid. Uh, it's amazing that you don't have a quirk, and, and I think that it's, it is true. Uh, I actually have a way that you can become a hero, um, but... Uh, you're not going to just be any hero. You're going to become the hero you admire most, All Might. All Might is going to give his strength to Izuku. Uh, he tells Izuku, he's like, look, you are worthy to inherit my strength, so I'm going to give you one for all. It's passed down. Once you are in full control, I don't have to be All Might anymore. You can become All Might. And that's where the story is like really great. And, that's, and, and that little bit of setup... Um, is really all I'm going to leave you with. I'm not going to give you guys a bunch of like spoilers into the show and stuff. There's there's some like building up stuff. The, I guess there's a couple other things I will mention before I, I stop talking about it. So uh, Izuku has the All Might power. However, his body doesn't know how to handle it yet. So like he's extremely powerful. But anytime he uses the power, like if he powers up his fist to punch somebody, as soon as he punches him as hard as he can with this All Might punch, he breaks his, he shatters his fucking arm, and it's completely useless. And then he's got to charge up and use his other arm, and then he, both of his arms are broken, and then he only has his legs. And, you know, so he's got to use the All Might power very carefully until he learns how to zen out and channel it properly, right? So essentially, to become All Might's successor, he makes Izuku train, and he makes him clean this beach. He's like, look, uh, it's too flashy nowadays. Hero shit's all flashy, it's all bullshit. We don't need to have that anymore. You need to just go old school and like help the community out. If you can help your community out, they're going to be grateful and whatnot. And that's where Izuku kind of like pushes himself. And he's like, if I can do this, I can do anything. And All Might goes, look, you've got it because the day of the exams, which uh, there's the UA, which is the Heroes Academy, is where uh, Izuku is trying to get in. Uh if he can get in and get into this school, he can have an opportunity to learn and train to become a hero. They go through like all these rigorous superhero trainings, just like in a college. And then you can have an opportunity to become a super in the world and help save people. 
So that's pretty much where I'm going to leave you off because it's, is he going to get through the exams? Is he going to be able to be a hero when he doesn't have control of his powers? He doesn't know what he's doing with it. If he flicks somebody with one finger, his one finger shatters into millions of little pieces. Not actually like breaks off of his body, but it's just, it's fucking extremely broken. So he has to constantly like be healing and stuff. But the one beautiful attribute about Izuku is he's a total underdog. He doesn't ever intentionally try to do the right thing, but always seems to come out on top. Um, and he's just a very lovable character. This is a, a highly, highly, highly recommended show. If you're a comic nerd, this originally was a manga in Shonen Jump. And I believe that you'll be a huge fan of it. The list of characters, the cast of characters, the story they're telling is great. There's three seasons on Hulu right now. I do believe a fourth season is about to be coming out, like in regular syndication here very soon. So I just, um, if you get a chance, you have Hulu, check out My Hero Academia. It's 13 episodes, 20-some minutes an episode. It doesn't take you that long to get through. And you will be just absolutely entranced with how great and fun the show is. And I was correct. Chris Sabat, the guy who does Vegeta's voice, voices All Might as well in this show. So, And a lot of other amazing, talented voice actors and actresses. Excellent. So yes, that's all I'm going to say about My Hero Academia. And I think we're going to be... Yeah, fuck it. We'll go ahead and get out of here now, folks. This has been a... Journey into Comics episode here on a beautiful Monday. Hopefully you guys are having a great one. If it's Monday when you're listening, you might be listening later in the week. I don't know. How do I predict that shit? I shouldn't. So um, let's go ahead and get ourselves into the end of the show where I'm going to do the plugs, folks. I'm going to slow it down this time. Veronica's like, look, you've done it so many times. You do those plugs so fast, people probably don't hear you. You should slow down about it, so I'm going to slow down. Folks, if you're listening to Journey into Comics right now, that means you know about the Journey into Comics Network. Every day of the week, Monday through fucking Sunday, we release new content. Okay? Tomorrow, poor news. Okay? Wednesday, Journey into Wrestling. Thursday, Podcast 51. Friday, Kids for Sale. Saturday, Brews with Dudes. Sunday is the best of the week, giving you guys highlights of shit. You can find us on journeyintocomics.com. That's the main feed. That's where you guys can visibly look at what our network looks like and what our vision of the network is. If you haven't been there, I do suggest you maybe check it out once in a while. Don't just be on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, you're not actually seeing like every show's logo and it might be kind of lame for you. Uh, so I would genuinely suggest you download Podbean. Get it. Get yourself Podbean. Or you could also, I think, I'm pretty sure that on Spotify also, you see the actual logo of each show, right? And that's good because it allows you to see the vision for that show and kind of what that show represents. Uh, also, you could do this, and this is another thing that you know I would really appreciate more than you guys probably could even understand would be if you go to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. And you know what? Right now, I'm just going to keep it real. Give us a buck for the early access, and I'm going to change it. Early access is also going to be exclusive content. We're going to just have a $1 tier for a hot minute. 
I want to build that shit up. We're going to have some other special tiers I'll create here in the near future. I've got some plans there. I think we're going to have like a $20 tier that will get you a t-shirt every month. And uh, we'll ship you a different shirt in your size, whichever design we decide. It'll be like the random shirt tier. And you'll also get like the exclusive content, early access, and stickers. Um, that's something we're going to be working on soon, folks, is revamping the Patreon. If you're somebody who could help us do that, please reach out. I would love to hear from you and, and learn how to do this like amazingly. I want to make it great. And I'm not very good at that part of it. You know, I, my brain can only do so many things. So folks, as I was saying, you can listen to the Journey into Comics Network, which includes Journey into Comics, Poor News, Poor Entertainment, Foodies Watching Movies, Adulting Ain't Easy, Journey into Wrestling, Podcastrophy, Gallifradio, The Voice of Survival Podcast, Kids for Sale, Brews with Dudes, and Best of the Week. All right here, journeyintocomics.com or on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or Spotify. All you got to do, search Journey into Comics Network. On any of those platforms, you'll see us, you'll be able to subscribe to us, you'll be able to download our episodes every single day of the week. As I said, I would suggest you check out Podbean. I know there are hosting sites, so I'm going to give them extra love, but I have to give them the extra, extra love because they also have something that no other site or other podcasting app has, which is the volume increase. So for someone like me who has some hearing challenges, right? It's amazing to get that boost of volume and really hear everything super loud and clear when I'm listening to podcasts. Anyways, folks, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Journey into Comics. This has been Journey into Comics 205. I am your host, Nate. Oh, should I mention it was 205? Uh, what was it? You named the fucking episode? You named the episode. What's the name of the episode? You named the fucking episode. Yeah, you named the fucking episode. You name the episode. We'll just go, this episode has been Journey into Comics 205, and you name the episode. And that's how it goes, folks. We will check you guys later. As always, do me a favor. Saw your brain holes open. Fill your brains with that shit. Aw, later, by the way. Later. I hope you guys all had a fantastic episode experience. Fill your brains with shit!